0: Like, would you say that you, when growing up, did you notice double standards, right? Like when you were a child, did you, did you notice like, did you notice that you being a little girl, things were a little bit more different than a little boy, you know, like, or just like in terms of like, whether it be friends, family, teachers, whatever, like, was that ever a thought that crossed your mind? Or was that only later on as you grew up that you noticed more and more, hey, like, you know, women are paid less or like you know like or is that something that you knew when you were a child
1: Mm -hmm. I think definitely as I got older like it wasn't something that I was exposed to as a young child and I think that comes from our parents wanting to shelter us and Mm -hmm. making us think that it's going to be okay and you can like helping build that confidence because it's difficult to build that confidence knowing that the world is constantly working against you All right. Hello, hello, hello. It's Palavi, And it is Sharon. And welcome to another episode of Chai in Our 20s. And today, we're very excited to talk about the female experience. But so before we dive into that, we just want to talk about what we're drinking. Because, you know, chai in our 20s. And we just want to add this level of kind of consistency to every episode by talking about what we're drinking and maybe get recommendations from you guys. So, Sharon. What are you sipping on today?
0: So this morning, or early afternoon, I should say at this point, (laughs) I have a lemon ginger tea in my hand, and it is doing everything that I need it to do for me right now. It's giving me some comfort, and it's uh, soothing my throat. So
1: how about you? (laughs) True to my personality, I am drinking an iced coffee that I made at home. I have reduced the number of times that I go to Starbucks. Um, And I'm very proud of that because I am now saving money. (laughs) I love
0: that for you. I will say I went to Starbucks only once this week.
1: That's so good. And did you
0: try a new drink? I did. I did. Um, Surprisingly, I've never had a white mocha before. And that is what I got. And it did the job. It did the job. I may have finished the drink in under four minutes. I have never done that with a hot drink. That's so good. (laughs) And that was a grande. And like, typically, I will sip on my coffee till the end of the day, mm-hmm. but I think it was just really sweet, and it kind of was like I normally don't go for something that sweet, and I was like, this is new. Oh my goodness, I felt like a child. And I did you, that entire. Drink. Did you
1: get it like full
0: sweet? I did. I did get it full sweet, so I was kind of guilty with that one. Um, I did the don't two. as well. Treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so I had the espresso shots and then like definitely like all the pumps of whatever white mocha that was. So we did do full sleep. That would explain why I drank that really quickly. I won't lie.
1: So wait, this was a hot drink, right? This was a hot drink. Yes. Cool. Just confirming. Um, That's interesting that you said. Um, I had a hot chocolate. I went like snow tubing last weekend, and I got like possibly one of the best hot chocolates that I've ever had. um from that place and I think it was also because it was freezing cold at like 7 p.m (laughs) after snow tubing so it was just like a nice kind of touch but even then I I can't gulp down a hot drink it needs to be at like a very specific temperature like a lukewarm temperature when it's like that perfect temperature then I could drink it and then like literally two minutes later it's like too cold how was snow tubing though so good yeah
0: would you recommend
1: Yes, I think our next, um, we'll, we'll make a trip snow tubing and we'll just like record ourselves just, oh my goodness. Snow tubing ASMR. No, it,
0: (laughs) it brings me back to like memories. I kid you not. So I know last time we were talking about the immigrant experience and, um, one of the memories actually I have is when I went to school here in Toronto, we had a huge, huge hill, and mm-hmm. during our recess, like that was probably the first time I knew what tobogganing was or anything like that. So we had slides in the classroom, like our like That's they had like the, like the mats or whatever for it, and our teacher would be like, "All right, here you go," and like all of us would run up this huge hill and literally just slide down and. You talking about Snow Tobey right now just triggered that memory. And I have not thought of that in like years. That's oh, wild. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a lot and of
1: fun. Did you, did you get to have hot chocolate after? our kids we a lot did. to drink hot chocolate? We did.
0: Yeah. Okay. We okay. had hot chocolate day all
1: the time. Oh there my we goodness. go. Those Such an experience. Best. Such an experience. But another drink that I also tried was, well, not tried. I've had it before. But I just want to say that it's like, you know, like a brown thing. So <laughs> I think maybe <laughs> people can relate. Have you ever had like a Faluda?
0: I love my- mother's favorite drink. Oh. It is so sugary, good.
1: but it with is with the so ice cream. Good. Like you yes. have like okay, yeah. Okay, we're talking about in the, the in like so in good. the hot,
0: in the hot summer, like especially like when you go visit like actually hopefully when you go to India or something like that, order a falooda. That That's was like so my good. mom's and my parents' like childhood memories,
1: that drink. But, I don't remember ever having it like in India, but like here I do. Mm, okay. Oh, we also grew up here, so <laughs> it's true. like Very makes true. sense for us, but yeah, I had it and it was so good and I've had it before too so it's not like I tried it for the first time and I've always liked it and I got to have it
0: (laughs) that's so exciting my first time having it was when we went to go visit because I like Mm -hmm. that was like my parents like childhood drink they were like no no no, we need to try this we need to try this I'm like what is this but Yeah. yeah so good it is definitely refreshing that's actually a good one yeah so you just made it at home
1: no, we bought it from the okay, spot okay. in, <laughs> okay. like, where I live. So this this particular place has chains, like, mm. even, like, a little bit north of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was able to get it. You know, like, I would describe it as, like, the bubble tea of, true, like, like our experience. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, if I had to find, like, an equivalent. But, like, it's not as popular as bubble tea. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people maybe have heard of it unless they're from... Like the culture even if you are you might not have heard of it because sometimes there are things that people say and i'm like huh never heard of it yeah but you know what we've heard of the female experience because we're both women of color and that was the transition i think we all need it
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not gonna lie i'm very excited for this topic um mainly because i had some Questions kind of ready to go to ask you if Mm. you've been asked these questions, being a woman, being a woman of color, you know, whether it be from friends, family, strangers, anyone. Um, I'm gonna shoot them your way.
1: Mm -hmm. Let me know. I have some to shoot right back at you. Uh Hopefully, you don't (laughs) have the same ones that I (laughs) have.
0: You know, we'll see. We'll see if uh, we think alike or not. But, um, first on the list, Pulavi, have you ever been asked? do you know how to cook?
1: Yes. And, um, it was so funny. Cause like right before this, my parents were out My mom was like, can you cut the onions in like our family chat? And I was like, no, like we're recording. I can't do that. And then my brother was like, I could try. And I was <laughs> like, like right before we started recording, I went down and I was like, thank you. You stood Aww. up for women's rights. <laughs> 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 and it's so bad that like I said that, but, um, needless it's to say he only cut beans. half he only cut half because he's a loser he was like uh, it got in my eyes and I was like it gets Wait. in mom's eyes
0: I'm sorry only half an onion
1: yeah like sir like uh, you better how do, not I get your, how do
0: I get your brother on here to be like hello <laughs> yeah Please and I was like the rest half. of that but onion. the thing is
1: he does he does make things here and there like I won't lie yeah. mm-hmm. but it's just like I don't think he's ever used onions <laughs> in like what he what makes. he makes Fair. um which is interesting because like I think onions are such an inherent part of Indian cooking but Absolutely, also every really dish cooked. yeah that's what I'm saying you know yeah um, but yes I have been asked that and I will say that while I do enjoy cooking I only enjoy cooking when I want to cook if right. I need to cook or if somebody tells me to cook I will not cook and I feel I'm bad. not trying to sound like a diva and also there's nothing wrong with being a diva but like I will myself yes Beyonce if I need to cook if I want to cook I will cook but if I need to cook like even for myself like I'm not okay with that
0: no absolutely all that's going through my head right now is a diva is a female version of a hustler
1: we love Beyonce um but have you been asked this question
0: um absolutely yeah for sure um funny part is like I'm literally like why is this a question <laughs> that is, that do is you know plan. how to cook if a <laughs> like, man asks me
1: I'm like do you though do you though do you though
0: yeah I don't know like it's just one of those things where I'm like I feel like we're all learning like it's like obviously like it's out of like a want like I want to feed myself so obviously yeah <laughs> I'm gonna cook <laughs> like that's like that's it like I don't know but I mean that's like true. I'm at that point though I won't lie like where I'm like um A part of me is like, oh, my goodness, I don't know how to like cook like my parents level of cooking. So but the thing is, like, we have this conversation where I'm literally like, mom, like, tell me your recipes. And then or like, dad, like, tell me your recipes. And they're just like, we wing it or like, you just know their answer is always no. Sorry, I'm sorry. Their answer is you just know. And I'm like, no, you I don't. Just, you just know how much <laughs> like masala to put in here. No, 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 no,
1: no, I need measurements. <laughs> like- even if I'm ever, like I barely, I don't really cook a lot of Indian food and that's no. cause I don't, like I only ever eat my mom's. So like, there's no need per se, mm-hmm. um, but I think I always will look for recipes. Like even if it's something my mom's cooked and it's so funny cause I'll be like, I'm just gonna follow a recipe. Wrestling? Cause like, I don't understand the way that you do things. I think one of the things that I don't love is when I go on like an Indian cooking recipe, but it's like a non-Indian, like not to say other people can't participate in other cuisines, but like when I'm looking at these authentic Indian dishes and I'm always looking at recipes by white people, I'm like, wow, how did we get here?
0: Yeah, that one's a little, oh my goodness, I will remind me to send you a video later about, it's just like, I follow this account um, and it's just like village cooks or something like that. It's just Mm -hmm. one of those things where it's like, you just genuinely get to see how things are made. Like So cool. Even when it comes to the utensils that are used to make the dish and like that adds flavor to it as well. Like, you know, using clay mm-hmm. pots and like, you know, like how it's actually done. I'm like, there's flavor in that as well. And like, you know, your food tastes different. But um, the one thing I will say when we're talking about this, is like I was talking to one of my other friends and she brought up this point about like, we're also at that point in our 20s where it's like you learn to make whatever with whatever's in your fridge. Like, but sometimes it turns out actually I'm gonna say all the time it somehow still turns really good if you just know what spices work together like you know you might have some eggs some goat cheese left in the fridge and like you know you can make it a little bit somewhat gourmet in your head but you make do most things are edible have. like exactly. most things are
1: edible but you know what's not <laughs> edible <laughs> having a double standard for women that they need to cook but not necessarily asking guys the same questions because I think it's important for, for the everybody to know. cook and I think growing up with a younger brother my parents do kind of communicate that like in that they also are like you also need to be doing stuff to him so I think that's kind of been pretty good but also I'm a very vocal like older daughter in an immigrant household yeah um but that being said like I don't think my mom's ever been like I'm gonna cook for one of you but not the other like she's never like you know what I mean like it's not one of those things but like I just choose to make my own food because I don't always like eating like what my parents are eating which is a lot of the times like roti and like you know like vegetables or, doll or yeah. whatever, right and my brother's okay eating whatever is given to him so it's so funny because sometimes I'm like but that's not fair like he doesn't have to like you know do things and my mom's like he'll eat whatever we give him right. you don't eat whatever we give you so <laughs> you gotta you know move your hands a little and I was like you got a point there but I will say that I think there is kind of an onus on the way that we're raising people like siblings parents raising children that you need to make sure that you communicate that both men and women have to have responsibilities and both of them need to know how to do something. And that Absolutely. goes like both ways.
0: Absolutely. I was going to say, like, I think personally speaking, I'm pretty blessed in the sense that my parents never put like an emphasis on learning how to cook, like ever, like as a child growing up, whatever. It was more so like, hey, like I need help doing this. Do you mind also coming and helping like chop whatever? Like it was never that like, they were like, oh, you need to learn how to do this. They put more of an emphasis on definitely like my extracurriculars, like um, academics, obviously it was definitely probably number one priority so it's like for them it was more like they cook to feed us to like give nutrients to our brains like it's like one of those situations you know exactly so like i guess i kind of like I, yeah i'd say i definitely would like not i don't want to say lucked out but it was just more so their mentality like i was kind of a blessed kind of environment where it's like you know like they focus waste like a lot more like use that time and energy to like go learn do other stuff whatever right And like absolutely so they yeah. took on that role so i think and which is interesting because like Yeah, like, I come from a family where it's, like, both their kids are daughters, right? So, Mm -hmm. and, like, I don't know, like, I'd say, like, my dad, if anything, raised me to be more, like, you know, know how to do everything. Like, I I would be the one, and actually, no, my entire family, like, we'd be out doing all the yard work or, like, mowing the lawn, like, all that stuff. I'm like, like you said, it was both ways. It didn't matter. Like, there was no, like, kind of, like, it was a team effort. Like, everyone cleaned together. Mm -hmm. Everyone did whatever together. So, it was nice to, like, be in that environment and then I guess my bubble was burst when I noticed that like this is not how every family operates or not every brown family operates right it's yeah. like even when you talk to other like families or friends and you're just like oh no way I'm like
1: damn or okay like, older generations because exactly. I think like my grandma like has been like oh does she know how to like cook like my parents have never because they know I can like feed myself and their like biggest concern is always can our children feed themselves right? right like that's their right. concern and I think that should be the concern for every parent right yeah <laughs> um and they know like I'm a like expert Googler like if I could have a job title it would be Google anything and learn anything on the spot. like that's probably my superpower so I have no problem doing that but just like you know like your grandma being like oh does she know how to cook roti and I'm like actually no I've never really had to make one my parents never put me in a position to make one mm-hmm. and the thing is like the stereotypes actually deter me from ever having to make one because I'm like right? I want to move in the opposite. Like, I don't want to let, even if I wanted to, I wouldn't just, just Mm. because of the stereotypes. And that's not to say that women don't love cooking and they can't cook. And well, they can cook. Like in a lot of households, women are the primary like chefs, which is like contrary to what you see on the internet in terms of who actually gets famous for cooking. And that's like a whole different issue.
0: Exactly. I was just about to say that, but then you know what? You took the words right out of my mouth because why is it that the male chefs get all the praise all the time? Oh my God. Because they're men?
1: Yeah. Like basically. If a man cooks, it's like, whoa, like he's cooking. He's helping you in the kitchen. But if a woman does it, it's like, okay, like she's supposed to, like, excuse you.
0: Yeah, no. Um, Really side note, aside from cooking, just because of this whole topic, this week I found out, found out um, from someone else where they were discussing how that a lot of research papers that are being cited, oftentimes male authors get cite- like cited more, like male scientists get cited more. And the reason being part of that is, because women tend to be a bit more shy in, first of all, showcasing their work, right? Showcasing their papers. And then secondly, because when males do, they use words such as groundbreaking, novel, you know? So they make it a lot more, you know what? It might be groundbreaking. Exactly, exactly, (laughs) right? Like, but women, the work might be exactly the same or it'll be equal to. However, we're not using words like, groundbreaking novel like you know it's just like it's not common and we take a step back and continue to let the male scientists just take credit like I don't know it's one of That's those interesting inter- yeah you, like I will it is in this book and I will find it
1: and mention it at the end of this episode but please do um, I was just gonna say that I completely agree with you and I think it's interesting. That women get stereotyped as being dramatic when what you're describing male authors write is the most dramatic thing ever. I found the book.
0: So it's called Codebreaker by Jennifer
1: Dudana. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Dudana. Okay. Doudonna. I'm gonna yeah. get that book. Yeah. So <laughs> every episode. I'm gonna get that book. I buy a book every episode. It's so bad. Um so that was my question to you. Hit me with yours. Okay. Um, let's see. I think, okay, so I'm going to do like a like a softball first. Okay, okay. Which is any kind of statement that's made around your hair.
0: Ooh, absolutely, yes. I have received the one where, how do you get it so curly? Actually, for the longest time, I was definitely shy to wear my hair, my hair curly at a younger age because that was during the phase of everyone wanting to have straight hair, and so I'd always straighten my hair. Um, So I never wore my natural curls. Um, But then when I did start wearing my natural curls, it would be like, oh my God, like natural curls. And then, okay, this is something that I have, which I hated being like in an undergrad, especially. I had really long hair. Mm -hmm. So, but I hated like, people commenting me like commenting about like how much they loved my long hair like it just like it just made it seem like for me it was like that was the only part of my identity at that time and I felt like okay I don't want to have that being the only thing about me but it like because it just felt like that in that moment so for me like that's when I started just like I did like a drastic chop and it was like, but even then it was fine. Like everyone still loved it, whatever it was good. But it, like, it was for me, like that was kind of an empowering thing. Cause it was like, I didn't let other people's thoughts kind of dictate the way that mm-hmm. I wanted to look. Right. Like, cause in that moment, it was just one of those things where I was like, Oh, I feel so much lighter. Like, why was I doing that? Cause I kept the long hair genuinely because I was like, Oh, I thought this is what makes me beautiful. But I was oh, like, that's not beautiful true. Thank you. But I was, you know, like that was, that was something that I was going through because like beauty standards wise, like having that long hair is what's considered beautiful. But I was like, no, like, why am I letting that dictate what I want to be? Mm-hmm. You know? And so for me, that was why, oh, hair was a huge thing, is a huge thing.
1: Yeah. So but. I have to agree. Like same in that. I think my first big chop would have been an undergrad mm-hmm. and same. it was such a big deal because, You're right about the beauty standards. I don't think my parents were ever, like, forthright with the biases they have because they're fighting it themselves. Yes, and my mom loves
0: short hair. It's so funny.
1: yeah, For me, it was my mom's point of view was that I took care of your hair for so many years. Like, (laughs) He was the guardian of my hair, like, even throughout high school. And I have, Mm -hmm. like, thick, curly hair. And then I started straightening it. And here we are. And I continue to straighten it. But it's, like... I don't straighten it for anybody else but for myself because like exactly. sometimes when I like I put on like mascara every day mm. and nothing else and like my mom's like what are you doing and I was like I do it for myself like this mm. literally isn't for, like I literally I'm not even leaving the house yeah. <laughs> like it just makes me feel empowered that's the same thing same thing with hair and I think the first time I dyed it would have been I was actually afraid to dye it myself and it had nothing to do with society it had everything to do with damaging my hair same, and same. like absolutely <laughs> all of those concerns um and I just did it. And now I feel so cute. And I
0: love it. I love being able to dye my hair. I think it just, adds like. So fun. Not that yeah. we have any
1: crazy colors. Like we're the most basic <laughs> people have met. And there's nothing wrong with being basic. Like I'm proud of it. Um, and I will say like what I don't love is that I think in like my, at my workplace, they knew me with like, not my natural hair for a little bit at the beginning. Mm. And then they started to see it. And like every time they would comment on it. And I'd just be like, I don't want you to comment on my hair.
0: Mm, that's fair. Sometimes it's weird. I think it might be the Leo and me. Sometimes I do like the little side attention and I'm like, oh, you noticed. Thanks. You so have
1: take... curly. You have, we both have curly hair, like naturally yeah. curly hair. I think the problem for me- I did is, I did lose a little bit of my curls. I won't lie. But don't we all with age? It's so bad. I also like <laughs> my straightening it and like products. I think the hardest part has been- that I don't know how to manage my naturally curly hair. And there are ways to do it, but like mm-hmm. I just haven't found a lot of people online who yeah. have similar hair textures to us because I think we have a very similar hair texture yeah. that are talking about it. Like I've seen like super curly right. faders. We don't have the coil curls, right? Mm-mm. We don't have like straight the hair. We don't have like the wavy curls. Like we have, I don't even know how to explain it. Like that's You're the right. problem. Yeah. No. I haven't seen anybody try to manage hair. Like we, I'm this conversation is making me want to be like one of those hair YouTube channels being like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's figure it out together. Um,
0: I saw this tweet a while back and I think that's why it's like resonated with me a bit more. It's like, actually, I'm sure a lot of Brown girls it's like, you can't (laughs) growing up as like Brown girls can't control a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So hair became a thing that you can control or like, you feel like it is under your control. Like you get to kind of like decide. And so for me, like, that's how I took it. I was like, okay, my hair is kind of one of those things where it's like, I have full control over it. Or even just in life in general, sometimes, you know, where I'm like, if I'm overwhelmed or something, I'm like, I need to chop my hair. (laughs) It's like one of those thoughts where I just randomly have it. Mm -hmm. And I don't regret it. Like, because I go into it knowing like, okay, this is what I want. Like, I know I want this. So it's fine. Like, I don't care. And at the end of the day, like, God willing, luckily, like, it still grows back. Like, you know, so I'm like, that's why it's one of those things where I'm like, it's going to grow back. Yeah. Whatever. You know, when you're talking about mascara, that kind of leads me to my second question, Mm -hmm. which was, um, have you ever received that statement of like, why do you wear makeup? You're so naturally beautiful. Or like, you know, the day that you decide not to wear makeup, someone says you look tired.
1: Not very often, like surprisingly. I, okay. I haven't gotten, like, the you look tired often.
0: Mm-hmm. That's Have a good I? thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I've gotten, like, why are you doing that? Like, I told you, like, my mom being, like, why mm-hmm. are you really scared? Or my dad being, like, what are you, like, why? Like, you don't, you're you literally not leaving the house. The house. I think there's a difference between, like, I think maybe it's, like, a generational difference. Maybe for him, mm-hmm. it's, like, you're doing it for others. And, like, my mom is not a big makeup wearer. Like, she only does it when she's, like, going to somebody's house or, like, a party or something. Right. But with me, it's just, like, I like to throw on mascara most days and blush most days and it's like well not most days actually depends but like all i'm saying is that i think there's this misrepresentation that women do it for others and maybe some do like not i can't speak for everybody but Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the people in my circle and a lot of people i know do it for themselves and like women don't owe anybody anything and nobody owes anybody anything
0: and like also technically like you sure like you saying like you know maybe you did for someone else but at the end of the day you're still doing that for yourself that's your decision to do it like you know for whatever reason like you're not really owed
1: an explanation like you do owe each other kindness and like humanity like you know but what i mean is like you don't owe explanations around like putting on makeup not putting around makeup but Mm -hmm. um and like just to kind of backtrack a little bit i think it goes hand in hand with the hair conversation right because it's the outward appearance and like not to say that men don't face similar like stigma especially mm-hmm. like with brown men where hair loss is so prevalent because genetics yeah. i mm-hmm. think there is sort of it's important to acknowledge that like both genders do face some kind of stigma but i just think it's different and we're sharing our lived experiences which are those of of women
0: yeah no i agree 100 um
1: all right i think it's your question sorry how about you has anybody told you you look tired when you don't wear makeup.
0: I think I've received the tired one the one time, but I genuinely oh was exhausted though. Like I was like, well, thank you. I am exhausted, <laughs> like, but I also don't wear makeup, um, on the regular. Like I'd say I probably relate more to your like mom on the sense of like, um, it's like when I'm like genuinely just going out for something or like parties or whatever, like it would be for like a night out that I'm genuinely putting makeup on but if i'm like leaving out casually i think for you you said mascara is your one piece of makeup like for me it's lipstick so mm-hmm. like if i have a lipstick on i'm good to go and i call it a day but
1: there you yeah go. that yeah, one so- item that makes you feel empowered
0: exactly like that's the thing like that's for me and that's all i need and i'm
1: like yeah i'm fine i'm living <laughs> we're thriving <laughs> <laughs> i love that um so my question for you is i don't know where this lands if it's like hard or i guess it's kind of hard have you ever heard somebody say, where do you get your confidence? Mm. Like in a way that like you're I, a woman and you're a woman of color and it's like, why are you so confident?
0: Yeah, I have. And you know what? If I'm going to be completely honest, like I never took that question as like a the way that we're alluding it to because you know what, I was too naive, not naive, but I guess like, yeah, part of me was like, wait, why are you asking me that question? I think I'm realizing that only now, but um, you're right. Yeah. I've definitely been asked that question before. The way that I answered it was also kind of like in the sense of like, well, it took a while. <laughs> like I won't mm-hmm. lie. Right. Like I think it's a certain amount of experiences um, and you get to a point of just being confident in yourself and then being so sure of who you are so then once you reach that point I don't think you think about it as being confident like I I think for me it just became to a point of like me being like I'm sure of who I am hence this is how I proceed kind of thing so like I didn't really I don't know I I never really thought of it to be as confidence like in that sense of like but confidence I think is definitely given to I'll say it like, you know, like white males at a younger age, because there's mm-hmm. a sense of like, they can do no wrong, almost, you know, so it's like, when you grow up in that environment of like, constantly succeeding constantly, you know, like, you kind of start feeling invincible, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a woman of color, you won't feel as invincible, Um, I think. And there are moments like, I'll be honest, like, yeah, at the end of the day, sure, you feel like you're sure of yourself and stuff. But imposter syndrome is still like it's still real right Mm -hmm. so you do get hit with that as well um I don't know and I think that's something that again this is me personally talking like I feel like I'm gonna have to work through that as well right like feeling like there's that added level of like you know if I'm saying something a certain way I'm gonna be perceived this way if I don't say something at all I'm like known as the quiet shy girl
1: Yeah, I think women just get scrutinized way more, I would say. Um, And I think, like, I would say that I grew up pretty confident as a person, but I think Mm -hmm. too often when you're a woman of color, just normal average confidence is confused with overconfidence because Mm -hmm. you are a woman of color. If, like, the average confidence is a 50 like mm-hmm. the average for you should be a 30 you know mm-hmm. but then if you're at mm-hmm. the average of like everybody it's considered overconfident. so i think it's it's an interesting kind of conversation and i think all the things that you said are right like there's a difference in how we're perceived um there's a difference i think we've spoken about this in one of our earlier episodes around like job interviews and mm-hmm. how people get asked different questions i think in like with with a company i remember one of the questions during one of like the pitch practice sessions that i asked Um, Like the person was like, are men and women perceived differently? And the unfortunate reality from the coach was, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. That men and women are going to be asked different questions by investors. This is true for like in a job interview setting. This is true in like an everyday kind of setting in terms of how women are perceived and the types of questions they're asked. And too often, men are judged on their future potential versus women are not like their future potential isn't considered but it's more kind of like their past accomplishments and too often women don't get to amass larger past accomplishments due to society due to maybe the things that you mentioned around developing confidence and maybe taking a little bit longer to get Mm
0: -hmm. to a level
1: of of this white male and then when you do get to that level it's perceived very differently Mm -hmm. Um, and as i mentioned confused with overconfidence I, I think it's important to not blame women and be like, oh, like you're acting this way, you're acting that way. I think it's important to teach everybody in the world that people are people and they can have confidence just because they're women doesn't Everyone, mean they don't have exactly. it. Exactly.
0: Everyone has their <laughs> own individual traits. Like, you know, like just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I can't be into sports. Like, why is it that if I'm into sports? It's like a huge shocker or it's like, it's a huge like, oh, what? Like, you know, you know about this. Oh, you know about this? Like, yeah or it's like tiny little things like that, or it's like, you know, vice versa. What if, you know, uh, if a guy has interest in like other things, like I feel like it's one of the things, like it comes to a point where it's like, that is their individual character. That is like thing, that's their own likes and interests. Like, you know, it shouldn't be boxed into like, oh, that's just such a typical, you know, normally a girl thing to do, or it's such a typical guy thing to do. It's like, no, you're allowed to like things. Like you're allowed to have interests. You're allowed to have hobbies. You're allowed to follow passions like, you know, so I think that's where it's kind of like you get put in that box. And sometimes if you don't realize you're being placed in a box, it limits you. It limits you from discovering other things like being able to discover like, oh, wait, like I'm actually really good at powerlifting or like, oh, wait, like it's actually okay for me to like Mm -hmm. put myself in those environments and like push my limits. And if that's what I want to do again, it comes down to like if that's what you want to do then go do it. Like, you know, like give
1: it a shot. Um, And I, I agree with you. And I have to acknowledge kind of my personal privilege here and that like the environment that I grew up in allowed me to like, quote unquote, reach for the stars. Even in in my workplace in academia, I'm, I think it's interesting for me to see that I'm one of the, although, okay, the other people are in like grad school still, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like I was fortunate enough to be included on a lot of sort of publications and abstracts and right. I spoke up when I didn't think I was being included and yeah. oftentimes I see myself being the only woman mm-hmm. amongst like five other male authors and I think it's like it kind of hurts me and that I'm like what kind of a culture is being set in mm-hmm. this lab right like for the past couple of abstracts it's been me because I'm part of this like one longitudinal study and I was the one who started it as my profs grad student and I'm continuing it and Oftentimes in those abstracts, it's literally just, um, it's literally just, you know, me being the only female. And I noticed that and it wasn't something I noticed before. And I, I'm not saying it's like deliberate, but I see it. And I've been really fortunate to be in this environment where I am included, where I am around people who empower me and uplift me and are sponsors for me constantly, you know, sending me articles and things I can yeah. get into saying, hey, like, You want to go to that conference like go hey like Mm -hmm. do you want to take a course around machine learning like go take it if you want to learn like we'll pay for it i've been very very privileged in the environment that i've been in and oftentimes like coding and like all that stuff is
0: for some reason reason
1: yeah and i'm like like, a lot of the times it's like men who are like analyzing the data for some reason i don't know why and that's like a whole historical thing where it's interesting because the original coders were women because they were the computers and then as soon as men found out it was lucrative they took over programming (laughs) and now we're like back to square one saying more women need to go into STEM you took it away from us dude (laughs) oh my god I said what I said
0: no and are, are you yeah I'm referring like I'm thinking of like the oh my god I can't remember their names like the NASA woman as well
1: um, that show that movie sorry movie. yes that's why my I... dad's and I favorite movie
0: why am I blanking what's it
1: oh my gosh Hidden Figures yes great movie. movie
0: great movie <laughs> oh my god that movie brought me to tears but um great movie yeah no I think you're absolutely right like there's a certain level of socioeconomic status like so many layers to it as well that comes with it right so all that being said Even, I feel like you've reached to a point though, that glass ceiling still tends to be real. That's true. I think that's, that will be there. Or you know what? I think slowly but surely enough of us will be able to break that. So we shall see, we shall see. Um, My next question for you. Have you ever heard of anyone being like, making the statement that girls
1: and guys can't just be friends? Yeah. Thoughts? I don't think I've, like, I don't think it's been like a thing in my family because I've had a lot of, like in grad school, incidentally, I was one of like the, for some reason it was a little bit uneven. And then kind of the group that I was a part of, it was like majority males Mm -hmm. and like all of us were friends. So it was like, I don't think I've ever experienced it because I feel like if you're friends, you're never going to Anything more? (laughs) Like if you're too friendly, there's like a statue of limitation, like where, like, sure, if we're friends for like a little bit, and then like we become something, but then if I've been friends with you for three years, like nothing's happening.
0: I think that's the thing. Like that's I'm like, it's one of those things where it's like that one. I tend to hear that statement though more from males than I do from women, which I find also
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, like I haven't heard as much or like as commonly from women it tends to be more so for males and that's I'm like huh like why do they think that like why is that a thing but then I'm also just like I also resonate with you because I know I have a lot of like a lot of guy friends where I'm literally like but we are we've grown up together (laughs) like it literally like we've created that bond like I think or like it's just our parents have put that boundaries on all of us too so it's one of those things where it's like but I love that I love being able to like that because I think it's because of that that I can confidently say that those guys are also like really like dope people like you know i mean it's because growing up they also were open to new experiences open to new lenses Mm -hmm. because they had female friends or like you know they realized that like hey the way that i'm being treated isn't the exact same way sharon's being treated or like you know like tiny little things like that here and there it's like subtle and i hate like saying that like that's the only way you can and i know that is true but i think in a way it's a direct relation right like in terms of like the environment is a bit more direct but
1: But are we not kind of fortunate to be in a position where we're surrounded or surrounding ourselves with those people because I I recognize that there's such a bias in terms of who we are surrounded by because we are surrounded by people who are acknowledging those differences are having Mm -hmm. those tough conversations Mm and that's just I don't know if that's the case for the majority majority might be too much but even half of of the population
0: no you're right you are very right and it's so hard for me to like reconcile with that because in my head i'm like why aren't you surrounded by people like this like you know and it's just like one of those things where i'm like i can't i can't ask that question because like you said i think it's one of those things that we are fortunate enough to be to have grown up in an environment like that to have like Mm -hmm. to still have that so um i don't know i think it's a little taboo in my opinion getting that question though i'm like really like why is that still a thing but um I think one question I had for you is also like, how has your like female experience changed from like when you were a child to where you are now?
1: Oh my gosh, you're making me dig deep into my memory again. I, and I don't know if I remember anything before <laughs> January 2022. That is
0: your classic go-to. I know, <laughs> I know. it's so
1: bad. Um, I I think I think I've gained more independence over the years and I think the first kind of instance of that was moving out for uni when I was 17 because have a late birthday so just that was kind of good but I think I was still pretty sheltered like I remember my roommate who I didn't know by the way like she would just keep people like like we weren't like we wouldn't go out or anything because I didn't really start going out until like late in my under- later in my undergrad I right. was like very shy and like very not shy but like very to myself um, and it was interesting cause I remember like her just always like, anytime anybody would ask me like to come out or whatever, she would be like, no, actually she's okay. Like she was just so protective of me. Aww. So I really <laughs> lucked out even in that environment yeah. to kind of be, have somebody who was looking over me. And then over the years, I gained friends, some of whom I'm still friends with, some of whom I'm not with who were also just happened to be very protective of me for some reason. Um, but I think ultimately I did have that independence once I moved away and to me that female experience kind of became more like real like I noticed the discrepancies more because I think when you're younger especially when you grow up in a household where you can't have these conversations and you are like I'm a I'm gonna stand up for women's rights like you Mm -hmm. don't say that to me growing up in that environment and then leaving and then seeing that's just not the experience for everybody like there are people going through real shit and you've just been really fortunate Mm -hmm. unfortunately like having to say that we're just very lucky to have this positive experience is very sad to me because that's just not the case for majority of women. And like, for example, one in three women suffer from domestic violence Yeah, at some point. Yeah. You know, like I've never seen that. I've never like experienced that, but I'm thinking about the fact that like somebody we know probably has, Absolutely. and like, we just don't know. Right. So just acknowledging that like, you know, I've just been really fortunate and sheltered and then actually seeing the reality was mm-hmm. very like scary to me. So I think it really made me fearful over the I, years.
0: I guess like okay, so let me redirect this question a little. I like would you say that you when growing up did you notice double standards, right? Like when you were a child, did you did you notice like did you notice that you being a little girl things were a little bit more different than a little boy. You know, like or just like in terms of like whether it be friends, family, teachers, whatever. Like was that ever a thought that crossed your mind or was that only later on as you grew up that you noticed more and more, hey, like, you know, women are paid less or like, you know, like or was that something that you knew when you were a
1: child? Mhm. I think definitely as I got older. Like yeah. it wasn't something that I was exposed to as a young child and I think that comes from our parents wanting to shelter us and Mm -hmm. making us think that it's going to be okay. And you can like helping build that confidence because it's difficult to build that confidence knowing that the world is constantly working against you. Right. So I think that it was definitely something that I got more and more exposed to as I got into high school. And then as I mentioned into uni and that led to me wanting to have more of these conversations and actually facilitating these conversations with, with different groups and really putting it together, I think. As an adult, was my experience. How about you?
0: Um, I a thousand percent agree with what you just said right there. I think for me, it was the part where you said how our parents probably didn't want to let us know that the world's working against you, right? So, um, as much as they could shelter us and like kind of just keep molding us to build up that confidence and like, you know, up until at that point where it's like, okay, hopefully we have enough tools in our tool belt you know, mm-hmm. to kind of be able to maneuver in the ways that we need to maneuver. Um, can't say everyone, unfortunately, has that or, you know, uh, but one thing I do want to say is like, I I don't think it's ever too late to build up that confidence. I don't think it's ever too late to, you know, be able to continue to like grow and develop and work on yourself. Like, I think no matter what stage of your life is like life that you're in, like, I think that is something that you can still if you want to do it, I think you come from a genuine place and wanting to change make changes and like you know wanting to continue to build that up then I think it's totally doable like Mm -hmm. I think one thing maybe what we could do like to end off is like you know what do you do when you feel like the world is working against you like what are some things to our listeners that help you kind of remind yourself or ground yourself like you know like yeah you are a woman of color in a male dominant field right like what do you do to remind yourself that you are where you are for a reason and you know how do you kind of push against that current that you're facing
1: that's such a good question um hmm it's it's interesting because again like I said I've been very privileged in my experiences but in those kind of moments I just I don't know what do I do you're making me think (laughs) (laughs) i'm in a very thinky mood today i can see that i think this one's gonna be one of our longer episodes and i'm okay with that it's gonna be (laughs) um exciting to edit what do i like to do i like to exercise Mm. because then i could just like get those endorphins and feel good about myself i like to i just like to take a step back and be like okay cool your problem (laughs) not mine you could suck it
0: yeah I think for me, it's like exactly what you said, it's like releasing emotion and like kind of just writing it down on paper sometimes will make it seem a lot smaller than it is because I feel like our minds are really good at being able to build something up really big (laughs) and I think that's where anxiety comes in. But I think at the end of the day, for me, my go-to is typically going out on that walk, like Mm -hmm. just getting that fresh air, stepping outside and then realizing that like, hey, a little bit of like you're meant to be here, you've got here. Mm-hmm. Right? You've made it this far. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you're gonna find those allies, you're gonna find those people. And then I think it's also just counting and reminding yourself, wait, I actually do have this many people on my team and reminding exactly. yourself of that. So Which I think
1: is very akin to talking to your friends. Like we do it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sending those voice notes, doing what you gotta do to be like, hold up. Cause ninety percent of the time. A, they've either also felt the exact same way that you're feeling or they're like they're there in your circle because they can listen and be like all right hey you know like
1: you got this (laughs) so yeah just having that support system absolutely
0: and like you know this is this one goes out to all our women all our women of color also to the men you know who are listening like hey continue supporting continue being solid allies
1: like be an ally we've seen a lot of allyship i will say that a lot for some reason i've seen on our account receive a lot more messages from men Men. being thought-provoked than women yeah which is a whole other kind of topic that we didn't get to bring up how sometimes it's like the women who Mm hold women back
0: that is also Um, a real thing that is a very real thing right yeah Yeah. so
1: shout out to the people reaching out
0: oh my goodness yes you were hundred percent right. There have been some great male listeners who have been giving us solid feedback and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I think on our next episode, we might share some of that because I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: personally, I know for a fact that you and I have been touched by some of these messages and I think that's, what's allowing us to keep going and, you know, knowing that. So we're somehow relatable. <laughs>
1: like, what? <laughs> 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 like for what reason <laughs> no you're but, right I think yeah yeah very much so like the lady gaga quote where there could be like hard people don't believe in you it only takes that one and that's why we're here <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no genuinely um and yeah so that's why like so honestly continue sending us those dms because we are reading them we are responding and we are so excited to continue doing this and give us that like, continue sharing us with your friends. And we hope you guys have a wonderful week ahead of you. And continue just being you and sipping that chai. So until next time, have a great week, everyone.
1: Bye.